0: Valley Online. This week we're discussing Sweet Valley High number one, Double Love. I'm Raven, and I'm a part-time barman at a disreputable roadhouse. I'm here with my not so disreputable triplets, Wing and Dove.
1: I'm Wing, and I would like to say I am disreputable, so fuck you very much. I'm Dove, and I literally
2: have nothing relevant to say because I hated this book so much.
1: So, it's
0: book one of the main series. And after recapping close to 200 books in the Sweet Volley Twin series, we're going in with Baggage. This is the book in which we all learn about Elizabeth and Jessica Wakefield, and their own peculiar brand of twin-based bollocks. As you'd expect from the pilot show, the girl's character traits are writ large in letters five miles high. But while Elizabeth's are written in fine golden filigree, Jessica's are smeared on the wall with a makeshift crayon fashioned from human shit. The plot's all there. Elizabeth is secretly in love with Todd Wilkins, star of the basketball team. She's never talked to him before, despite the entire Sweet Valley Twin series pairing them up like fucking ankle socks time and time again. Jessica also fancies Todd, just because her sister is hot for that mister. So she schemes and connives her way towards the Wilkins' personal pipe as though her life depends upon it. Along the way, she has time to date local nerdwell well rick andover who is so sleazy he's almost a personification of hepatitis. Their date ends in a punch-up at a roadhouse and a short trip in a cop car for our once-favourite sociopath. Confusion means Elizabeth gets the blame, and Jessica does nothing to correct that as the rumours burn through the school like herpes. Even Todd believes a scurrilous filth, despite having known Elizabeth for years. Oh no, hang on, this Todd only met her five fucking minutes ago. There's a lot of inconsequential bullshit regarding Stephen and his secret love, and Ned's law firm winning a landmark case involving a football field, but all of this fades to grey under the welding flame of Jessica's shithousery. Even when the Etch-a-Sketch is reset when the twins are A, kidnapped by Rick Andover, and then B, rescued by Todd Wilkins, there's precious little redemption in Jessica's heart. She's rotten to the core from A through to Z. But hey, she does get thrown into a swimming pool, so all's well, I guess. Double love, a massive pile of meh from me. I will now cede the floor to my erstwhile colleagues who have a lot more bile to spew. So, what did
1: everyone think? I hated it. Thanks.
2: (laughs) You're right. It's impossible to take this story seriously. What with, uh, first of all, we read it about four years ago. It was called Elizabeth's First Kiss exactly the same plot except it worked better then in twins elizabeth gets a crush and doesn't say who it is and jessica tries tries to help no actually she really genuinely does try to help in her own sort of like this will be fun way and makes her sister over and todd can't tell them apart that's so much better than this random boy that she's never encountered before can apparently tell the twins apart really easily and he never makes a decision really it's it, oh, it's it, you're right we bring baggage but this was this was so much more fun when it was a twins book <laughs>
1: I can't separate my thoughts on this book from the fact that we have read Twins first. And I know, and I knew going into all of this, that Sweet Valley High was published first, and Twins came significantly later. But all that has done is made me furious at the ghostwriters of Twins, because they very clearly had all of this source material, mostly around the personalities of Elizabeth and Jessica specifically, and wrote us Twins where they're yes okay often there were boredom going on and there were some shitty friendships and sometimes they treated each other badly but at the core of it there always was this real feeling that they were sisters who liked each other and they had friends they liked and none of that is here in sweet Valley high and i hate it this transition sucks so much worse than i thought it would not only are the characters feel completely different but though there are things that happen in this book it doesn't really feel like anything happened. It just feels like it was someone telling me a very boring story, not actually getting to read something that was interesting. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the majority of twins' books feel like they had much more going on than this did. Yeah.
2: Do you want to know what's really scary? Go on. Does everyone remember The Christmas Ghost? When Jessica saw The Ghost of the Future and she remembered... And and she saw herself trying to steal Todd, and she heard everyone going, "Oh, what a bitch! She she stole her sister's boyfriend. Like she lied about it. You know what a mean girl she is." And this is the Jessica that we've still got. And the thing is, like Grapplegate wrote that, so it was deeply enjoyable. Mm. But if you read them in order, we are witnessing a Jessica who saw that future went, "Ah, fuck it! I want to bone that boy." I'm going to do it anyway. Bring it.
1: We used to talk a lot about continuity. And obviously, mostly we talked about it within Twins itself, but also continuity of characters. So like best friends that we liked in Twins don't show up in High, you would warn us. But I actually think that that kind of continuity is made this worse, at least in our transition of it and my reading of it, because if that hadn't happened making that reference to Jessica stealing Todd and oh, she learned a lesson just makes this even worse. Like obviously the twins was written after this existed. And so it feels like it is a reference to what happened in high kind of making that continuity between the series exist, but that makes it worse because you're right. This Jessica, if this is the best Jessica we have after she learned that lesson, this is horrific.
2: It's like she stockpiled enough goodwill in middle school to allow her to do the bitchy stuff in high school like she just reined it in enough after that christmas i went you know what i reckon i probably can get away with this and did what a bitch
1: there is kind of a positive side to this transition uh the weirdness of it which is that i do like that that more adult things are happening. Not that I expect, you know, attempted date rape to happen in Sweet Valley Twins, unless we're in Bleak Valley, but it was nice to move on. They've grown up or already existed as grownups, but going in a, in chronological order, we've watched them grow into these teenagers that are almost adults and suddenly they're dealing with much more complicated and threatening situations and no they don't actually handle any of this well but the fact that there are these threats out there i found really interesting and a nice change from let's make a movie about slime
0: yeah i mean the the transition between the one to the other was a sort of dual dual edge for me because you are 100 correct in that the jessica we enjoyed in the early books has now come to fruition as this horrible witch in the later books um chronologically later books um but that to me is something that while I can flag that and say look this isn't the, the this isn't the Jessica character that we liked I'm like right okay well that's sort of okay because that is just showing her character and there's no errors in that if you know what i mean there's there's no blatant just bad bad writing if you know what I mean whereas the Todd thing is just an appalling decision made by someone who said you know what we'll make Todd the the boyfriend throughout all of the twins books and that makes no sense I mean you can have you can have Ted math uh, you can have Ken Matthews have a growth spurt and suddenly be massive you can have uh, characters missing. You know, you can have Lila getting one line and not being the person... I mean, I'm I'm sure she comes into her own later on in the series, but for this, she was nothing. You can have Bruce in the original series being sort of a sort of ineffectual bully and in the later series being some an absolutely hideous character, so I've heard. And all of those things are fine. And you can even have stuff like, okay by the end of the twin series we we had things like computers and cell phones and and things like that and then we go to ostensibly two years later or three years later in the chronology and then we're back straight to the early 80s technology and VHSs and uh, and and everything you know it all goes out the window and all of those things all of those things you can take with a pinch of salt but you can accept because that's that's the agreement you've made when you go into the books But mistakes, like Todd, that's breaking the Covenant to me. That's like, no, that's just wrong. That's just shit. You could have done better.
1: And that's an active decision the Twins authors, the Ghosties, or the editors or whoever made Yes, that could have easily been avoided. But also it makes me wonder from a commercial standpoint, did they not actually expect younger readers to enter this universe through Twins and then graduate up to high and keep reading so the publisher could keep making money because if they actually intended that to happen this is not the way to do that
2: i don't know that they did because it feels like twins and high have quite an overlap in in age because twins is them in their tween years but high is not a particularly it's not it's not young adult it's it's silly nonsense it's like by the time you're the same age as the twins, they're immature idiots.
1: Right. But I, these books aren't usually targeted to people reading it who are the same age. So twins, exactly. At that's 11, what I'm 12, saying. Right. But twins at 11, 12, 13 would be targeted at seven, eight, nine. And by the time they hit 11, 12, 13, 14 high would be what is being targeted to them. So if they would kind of grow with the series, if they were coming about younger when twins was being published you may you would know this better than uh, either of us i think was high wrapping up when twins was being published or was there still quite a bit of overlap of them
2: no they were they were both trucking on for a, <laughs> for a long okay. time together even in nineteen ninety eight I think it was the t v series was coming out, and maybe the book series was flagging by then, but it was still struggling on like i i, I don't know the published dates for exa- uh, properly, but sure, you know I remember occasionally going into a bookstore and going, "Oh, that's new, oh look, we're up hmm. to this number, and okay. maybe not so much with high, but you know." You would see them both reaching higher numbers than you remembered like the last time you actively looked at books with the intention of buying them okay that's that is interesting, so it wasn't that one failed and another picked up.
1: um to be
0: perfectly honest, I think that we're probably putting in far more thought to the transition um and, and the you know the change from twins to high than anyone on the twins writing team did.
1: absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure that um, anyone expected anyone to read the entire run of any given series, much less move through kids Mm -hmm. to twins to high to uni. Like, that wasn't the plan. It was like, here is a bunch of books, no matter how old your daughter, she will
0: want one of them.
1: What kind of weirdos would read them all in order? Yeah, I think
0: we're the wrong ones in this, in this scenario, really, aren't we? <laughs> um,
1: but, I mean, one thing you did
0: mention, uh, Wink, was that you did enjoy the more adult themes. And I, too, enjoyed um, the more adult discussions. It was mentioned of drugs. But perhaps the most adult of the themes was the introduction of the character of Rick Andover, the erstwhile horror, the, the 17-year-old joy-riding, mustachioed, Cigarettes tucked into the sleeve of his white T-shirt, drinking, I don't know, cider in the park, I don't know, whatever they do in America. But just, he was, he was an absolute joy uh, for a very, very specific definition of the word joy.
2: I am now proper picturing him as a 50s, like, JD, as uh, <laughs> they call them in yeah. Stephen King books in the 50s, like, proper turn up jeans and you write right, the cigarettes, yeah, class.
0: Yeah, he's definitely um, Marlon Brando, you know, rebel without a cause sort of, sort of guy. But I, I enjoyed those scenes, the scenes he was in. I mean, there was obviously two sections of the, of the book in which he made his appearance. The first one was when he randomly picked Jessica up from the cut of the street on a date.
2: With her being one of the foxiest chicks In uh, Sweet Valley, which is just pure (laughs) fucking gold. I mean, that's
0: another another thing, like the sort of adult situations that they're in, because now they're 16, the writers took their time to say things like they had gorgeous legs and tight little figures and all that nonsense. But it sort of, it meant when people like Rick Andover were sleazing over Jessica, then it was actually a real cachet that was being brought to the page that the reader could go, oh, well, okay. Um, reading Twins, nothing like that. It was always very, very cute. And you'd sort of grin, oh, this is nice. Whereas this was like, you know, a case of, wow, look at her tits. Almost, <laughs> you know, in in your face like a custom pie. Um, and when the actual, the scenes in which Rick Andover appeared, which was when the riot broke out at the Kelly's, um, Roadhouse when they had a fight, uh, a drunken fight, and the later scene when Rick Andover managed to bizarrely and against the laws of physics kidnap Jessica and Elizabeth in their own car and drive away with it with her. Those two scenes had actual peril. You know they, they were there. there. There was there was moments of oh, what's going to happen here, and that is something that's long been missing from the twins' Series. Um, as you know content readers that we are there was i felt that they when we we got to the end they didn't have the gumption enough to surprise us anymore but i was certainly surprised by this and the 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 choices that were made
2: uh you both flagged it as improbable that he could uh kidnap them and for years i've been like yeah that's impossible but i think it actually twigged this time like the fiat spider is a convertible so i'm assuming he just wrenched open the driver's door and just shoved the girls along the seats uh for this to work it wouldn't be a stick shift it would be either an automatic or a flappy paddle or you know and then just drove and that's the way i can make it work but i don't know about you guys I mean Wing's probably gonna wade in with actual knowledge now.
1: I'm actually pretty sure it is a stick shift because isn't that what happens? How he catches up with them? She stalls it at a light or a stop or something. I just I looked up pictures of the car because I just still do not picture there being enough room across the front seats for him to Force her to move over but this is something i could suspend my disbelief about mostly because it is some dramatic scene they wanted him to steal the car like i believe honestly that if this was going to work he probably needed a gun or at least a knife but i could see why sweet valley high wasn't going to open a book necessarily with that i think you're forgetting how thin these girls are (laughs) (laughs) no no yes but the car is very very small and i think has bucket seats
0: i also think that um it's fine you know it, the, we make fun of the fact that it's improbable um but we make fun of the fact that we didn't know the cave's dimensions for example in in other books <laughs> um, so it, it's one of those things you are like okay three by three. i'll mention it yeah I'm, i'll mention it but it's not going to it's not a deal breaker i will played a of grand theft auto and saints row to know you can jump in a car and steal it so you know that's that's fine for me <laughs> Okay, so that's Rick Andover dealt with. Uh, Hopefully he'll turn up in other books. Who knows? Uh, As as you know, we are going into this blind, so no spoilers, please, in the comments. Um, One of the less palatable things about the book as a whole was its treatment of women. I believe Dove has a lot of things to say on this regard.
2: Dove? This book bothered me on a number of levels. I mean... Just to put it out there into the universe, I did actually re- reread this for the first time not long after I was disowned by my mother, who is a narcissist, uh, undiagnosed, but certainly has enough of those traits. And I think that's why it pinged with me. And Jessica was an absolute hideous nightmare. And I just thought she was, an first of all, an awful representation of a woman. She is what insoles think women are. I mean she really is she is just some skinny bitch who wants a hot rich husband but she doesn't care who and then someone new will come along and she wants him instead and she's just a slut and you know she hates other women and uh, just and then she cries rape not to get like if she doesn't get her own way which if women were actually like that they'd have a point but it feels like their entire hate is based on her and that's just part of what hates women like then we have liz and her loathing for mariana west uh the um the lo- uh the younger lawyer working with ned on this super important case that was open and shut in a matter of minutes <laughs> which still bugs me um you know it's like liz in the text that pushy creature how dare she speak up my father's a partner Yes, Liz, your need to hear your daddy talk is far more important than the law. I mean Does she has she never watched a legal show before? No. Well maybe she hasn't. But she just hates that woman so much and it's like based on her being attractive. And and of course you've got Jessica thinking things like when she's with Rick Andover, like ooh, This could be awkward if he wants to sexually assault me. Oh, well, that's never happened before because I'm too clever. Fuck off! On a number of incredibly aggressive levels. Just get out of the gene pool.
0: That was not a good message at all.
2: And then she cries rape, which is... As revenge, which is even worse. Because, like, to cry rape as revenge is shitty. It's it's terrible. But to add it to a character that's already gone, oh, you'll never catch me being raped. I'm too clever for that. It's like rape isn't really a thing. It's just a weapon in women's arsenal. I hated this book.
1: So we had complaints about how things were presented in Twins, but in a very concrete way the stuff that Dove is flagging especially has real world implications and had real world implications in the 80s and no I don't believe we can blame uh, all of society's ills on the media we consume but I do think that the part of the way you build society is through the media that you're putting out there and fine one character cries rape uh, when she doesn't get her way that's that it's, I'm not saying it's fine, but that is what it is. But at the same time, it's not just Jessica crying rape this one time. It's where this fits into the overall structure of the stories we tell, which is that people tend to not believe women because, of course, that nebulous, most women are lying about it to hurt the innocent men that's already an idea that's out there. And that idea stems from stories like this, even building it into where women don't believe other women. Well, I mean, And they're not intentionally making that connection. Jessica cried rape in this book, so therefore I don't believe women because I think that's real. But that builds up in a miasma behind any of your conscious thoughts that, okay, well, women do this, so therefore I shouldn't just believe her, or I shouldn't support her, or of course this woman's lying, she's just trying to hurt this celebrity, or whatever the situation is.
2: And with everything that Wing said, which was terrific, by the way, this is a book for girls, created by a woman and written by a woman, or at least written by someone writing under a woman's name. It's pastel pink, and it's got two girls on the front cover. This is woman-centric. So, quotes women think this. You know? It's hideous. I was very angry about this.
1: And the crying rape is obviously the pinnacle of terribleness in this women-hating-on-women situation and how the book treats women. But Dove flagged this really nicely in the recap, too, about the Mariana lawyer situation. And she flagged it at a point where Raven had called her a secretary to make a rhyming joke, which was hilarious. I love the stupid rhyming jokes. And it was not an intentional negative point against her but it is something that happens in the legal field to this day where women lawyers are not treated as lawyers they are looked at and assumed to be secretaries or assistants or paralegals and are not trusted quote unquote to speak in front of courts or should not be there because the women are oh are you really a lawyer like an example when i was still at the big law firm We took our assistants out for lunch. All of the attorneys in my practice group took our assistants out for lunch. And there were several men lawyers and several women lawyers, and a couple men assistants and several women assistants. And when they brought out various pieces that were celebrating, you know, Administrative Assistance Day, they automatically gave these celebratory pieces to the women because obviously we could not be lawyers. We were there with the men who were the lawyers. And this was a the 2010s so this sort of infuriating treatment still happens and it's built here with this idea that our heroes are believing these things and a little bit it's walked back because obviously what elizabeth and jessica are worried about is that their father is cheating on their mother and that turns out not to be true but elizabeth still is apparently right to think these things that that her father should be speaking in court, not uh, anyone else, or that, you know, she shouldn't, this woman shouldn't be putting in the long hours on the case. All of that is fine for her to think. What she shouldn't have been thinking is that her dad would dare cheat on her mother. So that part was just infuriating to me. In part because it's still like that, because we have these sort of stories out there, putting that into the mindset outside of conscious thought that women just aren't attorneys.
2: Yeah. It's infuriating. And just to walk back on the whole Jessica crying false rape allegations. Imagine if one of your friends at school had accused someone you think very highly of, of sexual assault. How would you have reacted? Because I am not thinking, yeah, if I just shoved him in a pool that that's an equal payback. Like it didn't even ruin her hair or her outfit. Right. But the narrative is like, yeah, these things are exactly identical. Like you can call that man a rapist and you get thrown in a pool and these are identical.
1: You're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is all um, very valid and very, very troubling.
2: And as another point, the sexual assault is just not taken seriously at all because after Todd saves them, And Jessica's like, oh, Todd, you're my hero. And Elizabeth shoves her out of the way and is like, my turn to snog the boy. And it's like, you don't know he's still not a predator. Yeah. Like, people can do wonderful and terrible things at the same time. You've got Jimmy Savile, who raised all that money for charity and is one of the most prolific rapists of all time. Doing one good thing does not mean that you you've never done a bad thing. And the idea that you snog this person who sexually assaulted your twin based on nothing changing is an awful thing for a lead character to do that nobody mentions.
1: The actual assault too to Jessica earlier in the book is ignored too. What what the cops are called on and what the problem turns on is that there was a fight in this bar and that she's this underage girl in a bar not that an older man tried to sexually assault this teenager so it's nothing is taken seriously here none of the threat to women is treated as something that's a problem it can be pushed aside or ignored or addressed with a kiss and a shove into a pool and that's shit
2: very very valid point because even i didn't pick up on rick being handsy like i obviously registered it as wrong but there was so many other things that we were juggling that were terrible i'm mean, I just like add it to the pile
0: i can't even wade in
2: <laughs> so good point well made
0: uh, and on that bombshell we shall move on and thank you very much for sharing your uh, your thoughts on that um, I feel woefully unprepared for conversations such as these, because these are realities that I have not had to live in, um, uh, which I see, um, and I'll do my very best to join in with. Um, but, uh, yeah, aside from everything that we hated about the book, were there things that we liked about the book? It ended. <laughs> For this section, uh, which I'm going to call like and a dislike.
1: I mean, I said it earlier. I do like that we're moving into more adult topics. Would I prefer them handled much better? Yes, of course I would. But I like that this is a conversation that we could be having in this uh, in this series. That it wasn't... It didn't just turn on will-they-won't-they they relationships or one girl stealing another girl's boyfriend. I say that with the Caveat that, yes, the whole core of this book was turning on that. But there are other pieces to it. And I appreciated the other pieces, even though they were handled terribly.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Dove. what about you? Is there anything that you liked about it?
2: I think it's very difficult for me to be objective because, obviously, I read this as a teen and went, it's rubbish. Not because of any of the issues that we've mentioned, because it it, it was like the 90s and I was a bit thick but I just thought it was crap and now reading it there were so many things that made me angry I don't think I can see it objectively to go well that was fine or that was good um I will say there are later well I've read the next book and there are things I don't hate about that so I will be more positive in this
0: section next week no problem well as I say I for one I I quite liked Rick Andover the character for what he stood for in the book like like when you're saying for the, the the adult themes and the actual, the transition that we've discussed out from the twins years to the high years, I, I, I did enjoy that. And I did like the sense of danger that was brought to the books. And as for dislike, um, obviously we've talked about the treatments of women and I'd love to be able to say that that was the thing that um, annoyed me the most. But the fact that they, that they made Todd the boyfriend was the thing that, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that just annoyed me the most. That's the thing that's going to, you know, the, the 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 ground my gears to dust. So, so yeah.
1: Well, that's something that was so easy to avoid. Yeah, all the exactly. twins authors had to do is make one choice, yeah. and so I can understand why that is a sticking point for yeah. you. Absolutely, as I said in the recap,
0: just introduce a character called Ron Pilkins. That's all you've got to do. <laughs> Okay, so we'll move on from that. Um, we'll move on to the ratings and see how we're going to rate this book. We have five ratings, and I can pretty much guarantee what ratings are going to give this book. Um, but the ratings we have um, from the top to the bottom are, one, stupendous. Two, good. Three, meh. Nah, four, bad. Five, kill it with fire. My personal rating for this book, um, which was before the discussions we had, Um, and before the reaction that I've now learned from both Dove and Wing was a big meh in that I did find things that I enjoyed, as I've mentioned, but there was also a lot of crap. It was overlong and also the things about Todd and other things like like, that. I think Winston was mentioned that he's always had a crush on Jessica when we've read 180 books in which he never had a crush on Jessica. Just just stuff like that, that, that meant that it dragged it down from anything that was enjoyable at all. I'm probably going to take a good hard look at myself and revise that down further in the cold light of day, uh, having had this conversation. But that's where it stood when I finished the book and put it down. So, meh from me.
2: It's okay not to hate problematic media. I mean, you say that, like, being married to a woman who unironically loves Hallmark movies despite the fact that they're about white rich people and they they suck. But I love them. So it's it's okay to enjoy oh, something yes. that's problematic and imperfect
1: mm-hmm.
2: as long as you're aware of the problematic and yeah. imperfect angles.
0: And so, to be to be perfectly frank, I think that's the issue I've got is that when I was reading it I didn't spot half of the things that you guys spotted. And they're there, they're written large and it, it, you know what you're saying is right and it's correct and it's troubling and it's horrible. And yes, I can still enjoy things that have those things in, but the fact that I didn't go, look at this and get my magnifying glass out and see these things for what they were, that's where I'm having more trouble.
1: So I'm going to take it a step down from Raven's meh and go with bad in part because I'm so worried that I will use Kill It With Fire too soon and then just have 500 books in a row where it's Kill It With Fire. But also, I have to hope that, that I am, some of the issues I'm bringing to this do just come from the transition. Like, would I be so furious about the Todd storyline if I didn't know that Todd and Elizabeth had been dating for several books. No, I probably wouldn't. So I'm going to stick with bad, knowing that there will likely be worse coming. But I think that Dove made some really excellent points around the hatred of women. And then particularly, I think she has really good things to say about Jessica as a narcissist, And especially speaking from experiences that I don't have. So I like having that point of view, too. And I can understand why it more strongly impacts Dove's ratings than maybe it does mine or Raven's.
2: Yeah. And I think with that lead in, there's absolutely no surprise when I say I'm going with kill it with fire. I am breaking out the flamethrower. I'm going to torch this bastard. It's awful. It deserves the fiery pits of hell, not not like the fun hell in South Park, but the actual Christian fire and brimstone, and nobody gets to eat because they don't know how to work the sticks. That's a very obscure reference that I may have to just cut out. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this was an awful, awful book, and Wing is right. I, like coming straight after a particularly explosive and disowning blowout with my mother who who definitely has narcissistic traits Jessica's behavior was just watching Jessica was like watching my mother if she had the charisma to pull this shit off and for that I probably did personalize the way she treated Elizabeth and well pretty much everyone and obviously I, I was gonna feel defensive of anyone in her bar so yeah it's a kill it with fire from me Five enthusiastic flamethrowers at the ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I could pull that phrase off. I do think that, that you make a really good point there that no one comes to a piece of media with a blank slate and not just what you've read before, but I mean, our experiences in life. So yeah, I think it's important to note that what we've been through impacts us, and what's going on around us impacts us when we read it. And those are not bad things. That doesn't mean that our opinion's wrong. And I hear a lot of people say, well, if you can't come at it neutrally, you shouldn't have an opinion. And that's bullshit. So I like that we are all very upfront about what is impacting us and what is influencing our responses, because that's part of the joy of having book clubs like this and conversations. Agreed.
0: So that's a mixed bag from the reviewers. That's a, a meh, a bad, and a kill it with fire. Um, so I believe, unless anyone's got anything else to say, that we've thoroughly covered everything on this book. Here's hoping that the second book is much better. Um, but until next time, that's... Uh,
2: it's shorter, at least. is good. <laughs> shorter is
0: good. Okay, so until next time, it's uh, goodbye from me, and uh, we'll see you next week.
2: Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, all
0: you've been listening to the sweet valley online podcast on sweet valley high number one double love recorded on the 5th of september 2022 you can access all our past recaps and podcasts at sweet check us out on facebook.com forward slash sweet valley online or twitter under sweet valley underscore devil's elbow pod and bookshelf underscore raven links to our patreon and Kofi are in the show notes next week we'll be talking about sweet valley high number two secrets be sure to join us then until next time, may your spiritual ghostie never retcon your childhood memories away.